Hello and welcome to First Issue Club Podcast. This is the second episode and we will be reviewing books that came out on September 20th, 2017. If you're looking for a place to jump in and start some new comic books, we talk about first issues, so join us along the ride. If you just have a bunch of books piling up in your house and you don't want to read them because you have a real job and you have friends, let us read them for you. We're going to get into a bunch of cool books today. We're going to do Dark Ark, Gasolina, and Angelic that came out this week. Caitlin and Greg, you guys just saw The Gorillas last night. Can you even do this podcast right now? I am still just kind of collecting myself from that show. It was amazing. Yeah, my world is still piecing back together, but I think I'll be okay. Okay, good. I'm glad. You owe it to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Better show up. I will be professional. I will be professional. Cool. Let's hear who is in the club today, and let's hear also who your favorite X-Men is and why. Mike DeStacy, my favorite X-Men was Rogue. When I was a kid, I drew every made-up character I made with a huge loose belt around their waist that just kind of floated there. Loved Rogue style. You even dress like Rogue a little bit, right? got to do. <laughs> yeah. And you don't touch anyone because you're afraid you'll hurt them. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the reason. <laughs> my name is Caitlin, and I uh, didn't really have a favorite growing up, but through watching a lot of the movies, which is how I gained any X-Men knowledge, I kind of liked Jean Grey. She was a little um, internally tortured, almost to the point of being annoying sometimes, <laughs> like a River Tam and... Uh, Firefly, but she, I, I just liked her, something about her. All right, and uh, I'm Greg Lichtai, and my favorite was Wolverine. Mm, typical. Yeah, Wolverine, <laughs> the easy choice, the most popular, <laughs> <laughs> had all the toys. I am Mike, the budget king, Russo. <laughs> I, I didn't want the milkman to stick, so I'm going to go with budget king now as my nickname. Um, and, uh, my favorite, Jean Grey was a good one, too. I was gonna go there, but I'm gonna go Jubilee, because I think she was actually a cyberpunk person they created, like, straight out of the Matrix, and they just accidentally put her in the X-Men. She rollerblades, she dresses cyberpunk, she shoots sparks. Does she control, what's her power? No sane person would have written that character. Yeah. Yeah. All she does is make fireworks out of her hands. Yeah, it's fine. I like, do they even, I think they're, like, just a distraction. Yeah, she's a distraction. And I think she can also, like... Fry arcade machines and stuff like anything electronic oh, she perfect. touches. <laughs> it can <laughs> get fried by gonna ruin my high yeah. score. Yeah. Zap! <laughs> All right, uh, let's get this podcast started. <laughs> hey, everybody! <laughs> Greg here, and I'm gonna be covering Dark Ark, and this book was. Insane. That was some badass riffs by my friend Mike to introduce this book, Dark Ark, that I reviewed this week. And uh, everybody two step. Woo! Let that <laughs> motherfucker air out. <laughs> so let's get into it. Dark Ark. If you need a little backstory, I uh, suggest you pick up the Bible because <laughs> this uh, closely follows a book in the Bible about Noah and his ark. But we're not concerned about Noah's Ark right now. We're concerned about the other Ark, the Dark Ark, that has all the badass creatures in it. I'm talking vampires. I'm talking nagas. I'm talking uh, lions with human heads and wings. I think those are called Cimarron, Cimarese. Manicores. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Dark Ark was tasked by Shra, or 
How do you say that? S H R A E. Who's our Bible? Shrey? In my Shrey? head, I read it to Shrey. Yeah. But Mike's, Mike D's our Bible that person. could be yeah. very wrong. So, no, so Noah has his, his ark, and Shrey has his ark. And God told Noah to build his ark, and I presume, and you get from the comic, either a demon or the devil himself told Shra to build this this ark. And that is just so bonkers to me. That the devil's just like, hey, you know what? Noah's building this ark. I need you to build a more badass ark yeah. than Noah. Up that ark a little. Yeah, up that ark game, son. <laughs> so as you read, you find out that uh, Shra is actually kind of a shitty guy. He's He was a sorcerer at one time. He's done a lot of bad things. But the devil comes to him and he goes, listen, if you do this for me, you make this dark ark, all of the bad things you have ever done are wiped away clean. No more, and you will not go to hell. Uh, not only would Shraw go to hell, but also his family. Hmm. Yeah. That's what really did it for him. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, I guess I can go to hell. Oh, wait, my whole family's going go to go no, to hell, no, too? No, 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 no. Oh, damn it. Why did I do all those bad things? Infinite torment for my daughter. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, the cool thing is you don't feed these demons or monsters typical food they actually have a room filled with humans that are chained to the wall to be their food yeah yeah so a little more and what do they eat fish heads fish heads oh yeah so you get a nice fishy tasting <laughs> human which everyone knows every demon loves yeah i really like this book i thought it was going to be really shallow but there were so many different like interesting storylines and characters introduced throughout this book. I think it's going to be like a really deep, yeah. fun series. I don't I, I don't know if it's going to be a mini-series or like a... Ongoing? Ongoing, because like, I mean, the ring goes away eventually, and, and <laughs> like after 40 nights, it's gone, so then like, then what? Do you just like cover what happens when the Dark Ark finds land and the animals are free, or...? I mean, you could. That would be interesting to me. Yeah. What is it, I wonder if it's going to like meet up on real time and it's like, this is why we don't have Yagas anymore. <laughs> or like, because there are unicorns on the, there's yeah. unicorns on the ships yeah. and they're just like, we're not supposed to be here. Yeah. And the other monsters bad. are just like, shut up. Yeah. Nobody you, gives a when fuck. When you talk like that, you get eaten. <laughs> yeah. This book is Bible canon, right? Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, I believe yeah, so. It seems yeah. like it. Yeah. An official addendum to the Bible. Yeah. 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 I gave it to a priest to read and he goes, get out. <laughs> get out of my get church. Rid. Get mm. rid. Yeah. So did all the monsters just lust after virgin women? I was it just, were they virgins? The How did you know they were virgin? I don't know. Well, the couple the a couple times they were like, Ooh, she's so pure I can smell it. Yeah. I think uh, it was alluding to creepy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Kind of like every chat room. Yeah. <laughs> Every comic book chat room. Yeah, it did. It did feel. Oh, there's a girl below, in here. Below oh. the below the ship just felt like one giant AOL chat room. <laughs> yeah, four yeah. chan. Yeah. <laughs> the bottom of the arc yeah. is four chan. <laughs> Got real saucy. So the people eating the fish heads, they are in the they're in the dark arc. Yes. And the guy who is basically bringing them all together so his family won't go to hell. Mm-hmm. He's also on the dark arc. Yes. And is there, like, an internal conflict for him there? Like, yeah, sure, your family's saved, but you are feeding humans to these creatures. Yeah, including the daughter's best friend. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's messed up. Like, what, I mean... So she goes down there to hang out with her, yeah. I get the (laughs) self-preservation, but, like, uh, to what I'm giving you the best fish. This is a family first book. Family first. I mean, it kind of is. Like, what what would you do for you and your family to not go to hell? Not that... 
Well, <laughs> you wouldn't murder a bunch of virgins for you to not yeah. go down. Yeah. I don't all think right. I could do it. Oh. I think we should also mention this is a Cullen Bunn book, and we're all huge Cullen Bunn fans. Um, recently just did Venomverse, has done a ton of other stuff. Yeah, this guy's on fire right now. He's actually, The Sixth Gun is a book that he did that I fell in love with. And um, so, yeah, I, I can't think of a really bad book he's he's done. I think he did Micronauts recently, and that was still good. Mm-hmm. So, want to do the next book? I can take it. Cool. All right. Next up, Angelic Number 1 is published by Image Comics, story by Simon Spurrier, and art by Casper Wingard. So this story takes place in a world where it seems humans have gone extinct and mechanically and genetically enhanced animals now inhabit the Earth. These animals speak, they're intelligent, and they appear to be equipped and engineered for battle. At this point, I was in on this book. So this issue starts out by introducing us to a tribe of winged monkeys, one of which is our lead character, a young teen monkey. Her name's Cora. Uh, She seems to question everything, particularly her tribe's beliefs and rituals. So upon learning that the tribe's leader has some pretty severe repercussions planned for her because of her troublemaking, Cora leaves the safety of her tribe's dwelling to contemplate her situation and her future. Club... I really liked this book. This this is the book you didn't pick up because it looked like a teen anime book, but you should have picked it up. Oh my gosh, I loved it. Yeah, it did what Lion King couldn't. I mean, <laughs> what? I breezed through it, but so much went on in this book. And first of all, I'll say it's like, you're right, the look of it is like very trendy, poppy, it's got a lot of pink to light blue gradients, mm-hmm. yeah. um, cartoony characters that are all like personified animals. So um, obviously that's that can be hard to swing without a certain like teeny bopper look to it. But man, was this book rad. Oh, it was, yeah. So I, at the end I was like, okay, there's something about like the makers or man. Obviously this is like some type of post-civilization commentary in some way, and it's called angelic, and there's this religious tone over it the whole time. Yeah. And these monkeys are essentially figuring out religion based on whatever, and they can't say this the W word, which is why. Uh, and so they can't, they can't question anything. Um, and I think that, like, there, you know, at the surface we have these flying monkeys, which is a great, like, Wizard of Oz illusion, I'm sure, or mm-hmm. maybe not. We have flying robot dolphins. Um, yeah. We have uh, robot cats that want to rape. Uh, that scene was so rapey, wasn't yeah, it? I yeah, it was hard to... Yeah. That was there, one of two rapey scenes in there. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, this book was a little rapey. It has, which, like, a Handmaid's Tale feel at some certain yeah. parts. Like, it, that those parts were a little bit difficult, but I think the whole... I think it's trying to paint a very clear picture that it's, like, a very dogmatic society based on this lore or religion, and it's definitely pulling themes from that, which are interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I had a tough time with the, the rape stuff, but I think that it didn't, it, it, it was part of painting the world. It wasn't pedantic. It wasn't just like in there to... I'd worry about being your friend if you didn't have a hard time with the rape stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So I'm glad to hear, I'm glad to hear you say that. Uh, but you're a big post-apocalyptic fan, Mike, so how do you think they did post-apocalyptic? As post-apocalyptic, I love it, because we're actually at this, like, rebuild of civil- civilization. Looks like it it was decimated, unless right. there's... Um, I won't give... You didn't give away the end, so I won't give away the end. But, like, 
there there could be some type of like human that might be in control, but we don't we have no idea at this point. But right. there's definitely sentient beings. This is what I want to bring up. This is the Pluto theory, right? Or the Pluto pro- the Pluto paradox. I don't know about this. Yeah, mm-hmm. what? Uh, why are there hum- Why are there animals that are sentient, and there are some that are not? Pelican in this book can't talk, but monkeys can. Pluto can't talk. Goofy can. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's about as far as the Pluto paradox goes. I think. So in this book, there was this mating ritual. So one thing we breezed past was that um, I mentioned that Cora is going to be kind of punished for asking why so much. Her punishment was being taken as wife oh. by the lower tribe's wife. leader, the lower wife. He's got multiple wives. Um, and then they were going to do the mating ritual, after which these winged monkeys get their wings removed. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so the, the, wi- heavy, the women heavy get their wings, there. right. wings right. removed. Right, the women. That was the Handmaid's Tale thing I brought up. It mm-hmm. was a little bit. That's a, that's a really good reference. Having just watched that. But the mating ritual happens within this, like, podium that's like a machine sort of thing. So I think something to do with reproducing in there gives sentience, breeds sentience. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, that's what I got. I think oh, they allude to the okay. fact that there are, you know... Rival sus- people that have babies outside of the... Um, oh, yeah, the, I remember. What, what, altar, we'll say altar, because that's what they altar, call Altar, yeah. that's right. They have babies outside the altar, which can't speak, they have no uh, wings, and uh, they get thrown off the cliff. Like, if they get yep. found, they get thrown off the cliff into Cast the toxic the the toxic cloud or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This book could have gone into, like, weird, acid, trippy stuff, especially once the second scene, second panel or page or whatever, you are seeing flying robot dolphins, like, just obliterating monkey, flying monkeys. Aren't they assholes, too? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they're, yeah, they just have, like, one prerogative, right? They just kind of find and destroy. Sport. Yeah, they have a sport. lot. Sport, sport, sport. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what do they keep on saying? What does she say to herself when she gets punished? More duties? More duties? Oh, holy duties. So there's there's another, like, unclear thing to me, which is kind of intriguing, that there are these, like, machine pods that they do some sort of maintenance on, and it's called holy duties. So mm. everyone does their holy duties, but if you're a jerk-off, you get more holy duties. <laughs> Greg, you got a poop joke to make? I feel like you're just sitting, no. No, you're no, no, sitting no. on one. I'm so immature. I just can't. I'm losing it over here. Just <laughs> See, it wasn't even I me thought, this time. I thought Caitlin was laughing because she was like, no. Greg's thinking it. I just closed this journal full of poop jokes. No, no, you ruined it now. You called it out. Um, one thing I wanted to note was that the character's name is Cora. Mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar with Cora.com? Oh, no. What is that? Mm-hmm. So Cora.com is a website where users ask questions, connect with different people, Why? and work together to organize Ooh. and share information, which is, like, very literally, like, the heavy themes in this book yeah. to ask questions, take chances on relationship, and um, become, like, a more complete person, I'm assuming, because of that. Is it spelled the same? It's... Cora has like an extra U in it. Mm. The character is Q O R A. Cora.com, I believe, is Q U O R A. Okay. It Very similar kinda, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. it did kind of remind me of like Quandary Inquiry Cora, but I didn't know about that mm-hmm. website. I don't that's know if cool. that's I don't know if that's a root word or something. I have I, no idea. I tried to Google it. I didn't find anything. Good. That's all I got on Cora. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Next book, we have Gasolina out on Skybound, co-created by Sean Makowicz and Nico Walter. In Gasolina, we have a cartel story where we follow Amalia and Randy, who are two, I think, newly married, a newly married couple who have a violent and troubled past, who are escaping that violent and troubled past by going to work on a sugarcane farm. But on the sugarcane farm, their violent past meets up with them again, and they uh, a cartel is coming and doing some violent acts. They even steal a boy, and they have to go back to their old ways. Twist here is cartel doesn't use bullets. They use biting beetles, beetles that bite you and turn you dead. <laughs> uh, so that will be the twist in this book, I think. That's, we, have, we have cartels using monster power. And I think that we wanna, we're going to explore their relationship and their woes of uh, how do we be newly married, even though I know another time we were so violent. <laughs> I will say, though, I don't know if you guys got this vibe. I feel like a lot of Skybound books are like this, too. This is a, like a subsect publisher of Image called Skybound. Mm-hmm. A lot of those their books lately really read like their shows, I think. Like, yeah. you could imagine this being a show immediately. Hmm. Um, I wonder why. So, th- this is like a cartel <laughs> sort of thing, like narcos and shows like there's a lot more shows like that he even references that in the letters to the editor does he he says Mm -hmm. yeah do you want to learn about cartels watch narcos among those letters of the editors thing we i i got to the end of the book and i said not a lot's at stake really like this is kind of interesting um but i like that the subtle like the subtle reveal of stuff right Mm -hmm. his letter to the editor was like the, the world is all about uh, the persecution of, like, you know, Native Americans and the cartel world that has been going on. Like, basically everything is at stake. Then he goes on to say, like, how epically violent fucked up this book is. And I wanted to be like, dude, I don't know how close Skybound is to Image, but just walk yourself down to Spread's office. <laughs> for a minute <laughs> and, and check yourself because <laughs> Spread is a book who, which I love made by Image uh, that's a fucked up book Yeah, but yeah. this this book is like uh, maybe and here's the thing maybe I'm just desensitized but I didn't get the fucked up feeling of like how crazy this book was well really. I, I I don't know much about Spread but is it also like based around real like that's the yeah that's probably what it is no absolutely okay. not like no. history like yeah which is, I mean, that's, if you read it with that lens, it's like, okay, well, this is really happening, and that's, yeah, I don't know. That's true. So, I, yeah, I get the vibe that this book is going to get way more sci-fi as it goes on, but this first issue certainly read like it was based in reality. Um, I liked a lot of the scenes and the illustration that kind of told the story without a ton of dialogue. Um, scenes like the sex scene kind of made it seem more like a real intimate yeah. um, relationship yeah. and characters. Uh, but for such a, for, for a writer that see, feels so passionate about telling like the true story of the brutality of cartels and things like that, I thought it was interesting to introduce some weird sci-fi elements. Mm-hmm. Some of the bugs, I think, there's like a bug at the beginning of the book that we see that yeah, has like the... symbols on its belly, right? Is that what that was? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm interested to know more about these characters' backstories. Um, one qu- question that I had for you guys was, did you think that these characters are from America or this book is in English just for our benefit? That's a really good question. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Like, the main female lead is related to 
the people who own this sugarcane farm that they're working on. Yeah, right. So they're not just like there by bizarre circumstance. They have ties to yeah, not Mexico like on the run or whatever. Right. Yeah. What's that book on Brian K. Vaughan's digital imprint that is like it goes barrier? It, yeah, goes back into Spanish and English, and it doesn't. It doesn't do. It doesn't like basically tell you when it's doing. It doesn't make. Uh, doesn't pause for the audience. No, and an alien language, right? Yeah. So there's an there's two languages that you might realistically understand, and, <laughs> and then uh, a third language. So, and I think the the whole point behind that book is kind of telling you that. Um, no matter the narrative you, that you can feel for different types of people in different types of yeah. situations, um, which I really dug. I'd be interested to see a little more of, like, even if you don't follow the dialogue, just, like, seeing characters. There's smattering of Spanish in here, but mm-hmm. not much at all. Because that's a really good point. Is this, yeah, are they American, and are we, are we getting English because of that? Mm-hmm. Or is it just a book that's happening in Spanish, and it's being translated to us? Dang. No say. Give this give this guy a, a degree. <laughs> and that was the last smart thing I ever said on this podcast. Mike was never heard from again. Mom, listen to this episode. None of the other ones. Um, yeah, that's all. I, that's all I got. I think I think we're getting a little bit into this world, and Skybound is kind of known for doing great books, and and they definitely delivered here. Um, and it did feel like a TV show, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Nope, I dug this book. All right, I'm going to do some uh, review of what we did not cover and uh, just some things of note. If you are like me and walking into a comic book shop is a little intimidating and you do not want to ask questions of anyone because that is also intimidating but you're just looking at covers and you're wondering what's worth picking up and maybe what's not here are a smattering of options for you bloodshot salvation came out it's the creative team that put out bloodshot reborn so it's an ongoing continuation of the ray garrison bloodshot story it is him as a family man sort of pursuing this bloody and vengeful path to protect his loved ones Seems like uh, both critics and users are pretty all right with this, uh, so that might be worth checking out. There was a Wonder Woman Conan mashup book that came out as well. That is a DC and also pretty pretty favored by critics and users alike. It is uh, Diana getting dropped into the world of Conan. So uh, people are saying that if you don't set your expectations too terribly high, it's a pretty fun storyline with great characterization. So... Probably worth checking out, especially if you are, you know, a longtime fan of Wonder Woman or if you saw the movie and really liked it and want to get into it. Glitter Bomb, the fame game, also came out from Image. Um, It is a story that uh, follows Caden Clay. She was thrust into fame by a national tragedy. Um, It's a new arc, but it's um, a continuation of, I think it was an original. Was it just Glitter Bomb? Yeah, just, just Glitter Bomb. Okay. So, yeah, so it's a continuation. It explores similar themes of Hollywood and uh, some supernatural elements. Uh, there was World of Animosity, which is Aftershock. It's a one-shot, but it was, uh, it's a continuation from the wild pop- wildly popular series Animosity. So I've also read that uh, it contains a lot of info to bring you up to speed, but it also includes some deep dives for some existing fans. So might be worth checking out on both sides. There are a couple of adaptations from movie and TV. There's Big Trouble Little China, like the old man 
uh, Logan, but it's old man Jack Burton. And um, there's also the librarians. Uh, So these are both adaptations uh, from movies and TV, like I mentioned. So if you're fans of either, you'll probably have fun with these. Um, The Big Trouble Little China is set in 2020. It's his final ride in the Pork Chop Express. And... Uh, the Librarians uh, kind of starts with sort of this murder mystery. It's a filmmaker, a film festival, and they kind of get thrust into that. So it continues from there. Um, there was only, there, there were a couple of others. Uh, Killer Instinct from Dynamite and Misbegotten Runaway Nun from Action Lab. Uh, these are all the boobs, all the uh, sexy poses. The uh, Killer Instinct is a franchise, so if you're not familiar, you can probably skip it. Misbegotten. Or not. <laughs> or not. I liked it. Oh, okay. Oh, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Was there? Are you a fan of the franchise? Yeah, I think so. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, that's okay. What, that, yeah, yeah, so you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so not or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, it is time for us to go. We've had a great time reviewing books, hanging out with you. Um, if you want to talk to us at any point. Or give us any any type of feedback. Hit us up on Twitter, First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T, or First Issue Club at gmail.com. Signing off with my catchphrase, my signature catchphrase, it is, Hey, g- get out of here. <laughs> no, I, I won't do that today, Mom. <laughs> Vote on that at, <laughs> on Twitter, whether or not you want that to stay. <laughs> what, do, what do you guys got? Until next time, (laughs) goodbye. (laughs) I am Caitlin Morosik, and I will show myself out. Oh, (laughs) that's good. Mike D likes that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we should end on that. All right, guys, join us next week. We're going to be talking about Marvel Legacy, uh, a DC book where Batman probably fights like a murdering robot or something, and then a cool IDW book called infinite loop this is the second episode of first issue club first issue club is part of the fountain city frequency podcast family we are recorded in kcr studios and our theme music is the was by primary color music Music.